My name is Nick Reed. Winter time, oftentimes, well, just uh, every season can make your garage messy. But in this area in particular, when you are talking about snow and ice and then the salt that goes down, you bring that into your garage and it can stain your garage floor. Uh, garage floors are generally really porous. It's one of the tremendous benefits of having garage experts epoxy your flooring with the highest quality preparation, which is just as important as the high quality product that they have. Hundreds of different uh, color schemes from which you can choose. The the do-it-yourself component to this is far inferior to what you're going to get having it professionally done by garage experts. And uh, I've seen the postings, you know, Christmas is this many Mondays away, and it makes it seem very, very close. Think about it as a Christmas gift for yourself, maybe your husband or uh, your wife. Yeah, maybe she utilizes the garage more than you do, but oftentimes the garage is associated with that's the guy's room. He keeps a lot of his stuff there. A fantastic idea for Christmas. Reach out to Garage Experts. Shelly will come do an evaluation for you, find out what you're looking for, and and, uh, they're great folks. You just will really like them. It's not in any way, shape, or form, the sort of folks that you know, are going to high-pressure you or call you every week afterwards to say, are you ready to do it? Are you ready to do it? That's not how they operate. Frankly, they don't have to, but you'll love working with them. So just reach out to Garage Experts. You can find them in the Nick's endorsement section at ksgf.com. Tom Martz with us first, the latest news update. Good morning, everyone. From Color 10 Studios, I'm Angela Luna. A former Missouri State basketball player is suing the school after he says he was seriously injured in a cryotherapy mishap. Reggie Scurry will make his case in court on October 7th of next year. Scurry says he sustained excruciating injuries during a mandatory session on campus in 2018. He and another player, Abdul Fofana, say they suffered severe burns on the bottoms of their feet in mere seconds after being exposed to temperatures that can dip below negative 200 degrees Fahrenheit. Scurry then transferred schools the next year. Fofana never played college basketball again, and he is also suing the university. Young people in Springfield are getting the chance to learn more about jobs, educational opportunities, and housing assistance available in the area. This happened at the third annual Older Youth Resource Fair hosted by CASA and the Green County Juvenile Office. From Color 10 Studios, I'm Angela Luna. The first alert forecast sponsored by Navant, employee benefits that work. It is going to be a sunny day warm. 77 from Color 10 Fox 49 meteorologist Tom Schmidt. Then tonight, clear 53, sunny, warmer tomorrow, 78. Sunday, sunny, 71. Tom Hartz, everyone. Fun fact of the day. Ooh, love facts that are fun. Walt Disney has won 22 Oscars oh. and holds the record for the most Oscars won. That is a fact, and it is fun. And there's also something on this website called Today's Shower Thoughts. Okay. And I absolutely, when I read this, saw that you would be the one to do this. Okay. Okay? Don't you just love it when you're taking your morning shower and that little voice in your head asks, 
how many balloons would it take to float a human? <laughs> and should I find out? Although I think we how much know would that because cost? we had those people who attached balloons and to the chairs. lawn chair and supposedly yeah. that occurred. Now, that could be a conspiracy theory. I want to say someone actually did. Well, I don't think they did. I remember years ago seeing where somebody was going to do this, but I think it was one giant balloon. If I remember correctly, it wasn't a bunch. Of well, I know that there was a TV show on that they attached a bunch of balloons oh, to could a be chair. Mythbusters, probably. And then they floated them up. And the thought process was, well, if we just start shooting at the balloons and start knocking them off uh -huh. one at a time, then the, they'll, they'll start to descend. Although I like the other guy's idea that you just scramble an F-15. Right. And you just take the cannon on the front and go, and they'll drop rather quickly. According to Sarah's info, it takes about 5,000. Oh. Now, do we know what size balloons those are? I would say average. It says uh, to lift the adult of average weight. What's average weight? The average weight of an adult, well. Probably about 180. Yeah, I would say 182. Did you know it's National Brandied Fruit Day? No, I did not know that brandied fruit was enough of a thing to have a day. Brandied fruit was first created in the Victorian era As in to brandy, help brandied okay. to help preserve fruit for long periods of time. Uh, okay. You've probably had it before or something quite like it if you've ever eaten any type of cake like a fruit cake. So celebrate today by making some brandied fruit or just pick up some from the store. Or you may have had it if you got blackout drunk on brandy and then woke up the next day and the Throwing entire... Throwing up apples that you ate? <laughs> yeah, all the apples were gone. You're like, where the hell are all those apples? The cores are gone, too. What happened? <laughs> Did you know that today's day in 1971 is Snoop Dogg's birthday? My mother-in-law went to one of his mm. concerts. In she 1917, did. American suffragist Alice Paul was sentenced to seven months in prison for obstructing traffic in Washington caused by the Women's Rights March that she organized. Mm. Apparently, she didn't have a permit okay. to protest. All right. That I don't know. I did not read it. In 1973, Queen Elizabeth II led the Sydney Opera House's grand opening. And that's that weird-looking building that has the... Right. Mm -hmm. It looked like half clamshells. Or... Yeah, clamshell building. And in 2017, The Lancet published a study that found pollution contributes to one in six deaths worldwide. <laughs> oh, okay. Now, how they have figured right. that out, I well, have, have Well, we no talked clue, a couple but... weeks ago where... Uh, was it AAA, I think, reported, uh, Sarah was telling us, that 80-some uh, lives have been saved in Missouri since the no-texting law went into effect. Remember that? Oh, boy. <laughs> We're like, oh, really? How exactly does that get determined? Although, if you hear of my death in a vehicle accident, it's not going to be because I was texting and driving because I still do it. Yeah. Well, now we know. But I'm also very careful when I text. Well, sure. Drive, Everyone so. is. The quote of the day is by Isaac Asimov. Ah, good author. Writing to me is simply thinking through my fingers. Oh, okay. 
However, on that regard, what I have also figured out that reading to others is simply a mechanism by which they can attribute their thought process to you and then chew you out for it. Oh, see, that's a great quote, too. <laughs> Tom Arnt's with us. We're going to get a traffic update continuing on live from Scrambler's Friday Roadshow, sponsored by Affordable Towing. I'm Nick Reed. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. Tom Arts, everyone. Have you heard that Missouri House Speaker Dean Plopper has fired his chief of staff? No. Oh, dun, 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 dun. Scandal. Oh, just weeks after the Republican lawmaker was accused by nonpartisan legislative employee of unlawful conduct. Now, Plocker, in a letter, announced that his chief of staff position in his office is vacant and effective immediately. The job had been held by Kenny Ross, which he was also the chief of staff for Todd Richardson, Elijah Har, and Rob Vescovo, the last three speakers in succession. I find it quite odd that he's going over to Caleb Rowden's team, and he will be joining that office as director of strategic initiatives. Now, the big hubbub up in Jefferson City is because of this email system that they were looking at, uh, I don't want to say employing, uh, what's the term? Uh, like contracting? Or they yeah, were, yeah. They, were, they were looking at acquiring get, inquire, or getting a contract with this third-party vendor mm-hmm. to handle all constituent services via email. The problem with that in my conspiratorial mind is that that program has an open back door to any governmental agency that chooses to go into it to figure out what it is that you and I are sending to our elected officials. The email services that are handled through Jefferson City are in-house, which are also susceptible to that same system. but. I believe they're probably a little bit more careful because it's in-house than something that is third-party vendor. The hubbub was that the they were going to spend $800,000 on this email system. And somehow, the soon-to-be, I-want-to-be Lieutenant Governor Dean Ploker, Hawker, however you pronounce it, was going to end up with a windfall into his campaign contributions mm, or his pack. Got it. All right. So, so that's why the FBI okay, is investigating right. our Missouri House Speaker. Well, that's... He is alleged to have made some comments that would lead people to believe that we're either going to do this or else. Well, that's good for the Republicans either which way. You know, for whether, a, whether he's innocent or guilty, or it's just it's just good That's for a, good. for a state that has so many constitutional conservatives in it that I've completely lost track of how many there are. <laughs> it seems like the Constitution is either a never read or never adhered to on a consistent enough basis, except for one individual who happens to reside out in Lawrence County. <laughs> he is the only one that I can think of that. Uh, philosophically and voting-wise consistently adheres to the parts of the Constitution that most ignore. Well, I don't know anything about these allegations in terms... I I can't say whether they're valid or not. I I have no idea. 
But what I do know is I don't understand how something like that could happen because I remember uh, the successful, if I remember correctly, passage of ethics reform that was supposed to stop any sort of uh, unethical behavior by any lawmaker because of money influencing. I mean, we're told that these these ethics laws that are so important, that, that that's what they're there for, is to prevent these things from happening. Yet I've yet to find any government, any government, anywhere in the world, whether here in the United States, federally, or any state that has implemented any sort of campaign finance laws or ethical laws, that when, once they did it, they're like, you know what, we don't have corruption anymore. It really worked. Well, they cre- all of them now create PACs, political action committees, which funnel money into the campaign. And I believe it's Article 3, Section 1, 2, or 3, I think maybe it's 2, that we the people actually, in our stupidity, put into the Constitution, the thought process that we, as individuals, are prohibited from donating to a political campaign a certain amount of money. If you're going to to go that route, then a corporation's not a person. Now, granted, you can get people together to form an entity. However, if you want to go down this route, make it so that only individuals can donate to campaigns. I'm, I'm pretty radical in this sense. I think anyone, in any fashion, any way they want, should be able to donate as much as they want. I don't think it should be reported. Well, I don't believe you should be on a list, a government list. And I know people talk about transparency, transparency, transparency. Well, first off, everyone who says that, when was it? If, if, and listen, I'm not, I understand the instinct of it. I'm not condemning the instinct of it. But for those, when was the last time anyone who talks about the need for transparency actually did the legwork and looked that information up? But this is the way I look at it. Ultimately, when it really comes down to it, I don't care who's paying them, quote, paying them. If they vote consistent with what is constitutional, that's what matters to me. I don't care who's paying them. I don't care if it's if they were, quote, bought and paid for to do that, because that's what I want. And it doesn't matter to me. Now, I'm not saying that there isn't a value of, you know, when you do know certain people or organizations that are backing someone, that can give you clues as to how they're going to vote. But when it comes down to it, how do they? I, if you're somebody who votes in violation of the, the Constitution, in violation of your sworn oath, and you only have the most pure and transparent donations in the world, I don't want you in there. I, that is irrelevant to me, the funding part. And I think it should ultimately be for everybody. See, here, here's where I think, and if I were to ever put myself in Mike Moon's shoes, which would be difficult to do with the way he thinks however if i'm mike moon and one of my colleagues comes up to me and says hey i would like your endorsement how do you how do you effectively explain away yeah i would like to support you however you have consistently shown while you're here in this chamber that the constitution is not your guiding force therefore i can't i can't endorse you i can't then all of a sudden you've got you've got this little tiff because, well, you didn't support sure. me. You're a you know I'm gonna I make guess, sure that um, someone like Mike Moon could say I'll give you an endorsement, but there needs to be an asterisk. 
on every piece of literature <laughs> that says it's all relative. <laughs> I, Mike Mood, I endorse so and so. It is all relative. <laughs> As long as that asterisk is there, you know, sort of the the approach. Well, I mean, you're better than the others. I guess you could take that. Yeah, that, that actually that should be the tagline right, right yeah, there. Better, I'm, better I'm better than, better than, than the rest. rest. It's on a curve, grading on a curve here. You know, back to the, and I, I know it's the the position I take when it comes to the funding of candidates and saying ultimately, ultimately. To me, it doesn't matter where the funding comes from as long as they do the job well, in my assessment. And that's such a foreign concept, I think, to comprehend. I, I, you can look at it this way, perhaps. If you're looking for a doctor and you make a determination, a surgeon, a doctor, or whatever, you're looking for somebody to um, you know, help you buy a home, you're, you know, whatever it is in their area of expertise, do you care how they got the money to go to school for that. Do you care? What if you found out that the best doctor, the best, you're going in for open heart surgery and this person, has a, they, they have a proven track record of being the best, but it turns out that they paid for college from, you know, their uncle helped or gave them a loan and their, their uncle was a drug dealer. Are you going to say, well, no, I'm not going to, I don't want that doctor anymore? Of course not, because it's about the results. Well, you're not even going to ask the doctor, how many, of these, right. how many of these have you performed? How many have died on the table versus how many have lived? Yeah, well, people don't ask. They, they may go to Google or something. You're, you're, go, you're going to take the word for the hospital or the surgery, surgery center that they are employed at to have done that background analysis for you. However, in my weird, twisted mind of all the different podcasts I've been listening to, I have found one that discusses the medical profession and how it is that they have allowed. There's one specific doctor, I think, in uh, Houston, Texas, where the, the surgery center of the hospital allowed him to go in and surgically work on people while others knew that he was drunk. Hey, is he one of those, you know, there are the people that always say, I drive better when drunk. Maybe that's what his, and they're like, you know what, it's kind of true. Well, I, I, I use that analogy, equating it to doctors, but anywhere that you just think about, anywhere you take your business, have you ever once thought or made the decision when you're going to a car mechanic, I mean, like the things I talk about with A1 Custom Car Care, or when it comes to home loans, and I want a great homeloan.com. It's all about what sort of service they provide you. Do they do it well? Do you ever once think, now I wonder where they got the funding to start this business? Which, you know what I mean? But with but we have it ingrained in our minds that when it comes to politicians, we have to know that information. And I again, I'm not arguing that there isn't relevancy in maybe getting an idea as to where this person is coming from. But if that's what we're relying on, instead of what how they're actually doing their job. Now, it is different if you're talking about somebody who's running for the very first time and they don't have a track record. You, th there is difference there. So you have to go based off their word. And you can look at the people who are endorsing and supporting them. But ultimately, if it's somebody who's been in office, who cares who donates money to them? Who cares how much? What sort of job are they doing? See, I, I would rather have the individual who's never been elected because then I'm going to look into their background. 
Yeah. And, 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 yeah, and right. I'm going to inquire of people, hey, have you ever seen this person at a city council meeting? Have you ever seen them at a county commissioner meeting? Have you ever seen them at a school board meeting? Have you ever heard them to do anything in their life prior to putting yeah, their name on the ballot, you. Yeah. which you spells that. liberty and freedom to me? If you If you haven't... And we've got some in this local area right now that I've noticed that they're putting their names on ballots to run for state rep. Well, it, ha- it happens yeah, every, every two cycle, years. Yeah. And, and especially the ones that have never had a track record of voting. What have you done right. prior to this that leads me to believe that you're going to yeah. secure my liberties and my freedoms? And I think a lot of people, when they hear that approach, they're... They, they think that you are asserting that you haven't, quote, paid your dues. It's not about that. It's about credibility. Your mindset, yes. yes. And it's about credibility. You're saying these things, but can you demonstrate that through some form of action that you that you actually believe that as opposed to you're just saying that to get elected? So it's not a, you know, have you paid your dues by going to this meeting or that meeting? It's about what have you done that you can say on your resume here, this is how you know I actually mean what I say because I've demonstrated it in the past. And and I think that oftentimes that gets misunderstood. More with Tom Arts continuing the Friday Road Show from Scramblers. I'm Nick Reed. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. Before we get a traffic update, Burbs Movie Party. I think today's the last day for you to get registered for this. Uh, even if it's not, just do it today. If you want, you don't have to, whatever. Uh, this is mostly for me. Alamo Draft House, you know, we've fostered a relationship with them. I, I love uh, going to watch movies there. I love the food there. I love the beer selection. I've got a season pass. I recommend if you see more than one movie a month, you, you know, it's definitely worth it. It's like 19 bucks a month, and you can see a movie every single day. It covers that. And it's not if there are some available or, well, you just sit wherever it hasn't been bought. I mean, as soon as they go on sale, what happens in the app is that you purchase it, you know, you go and you pick your movie. And then when it comes to payment, if you have that season pass, along with payments, that's an option for you. And you hit it. And you can every single day for like nineteen ninety nine a month, somewhere around there. It's just, it's a great deal. Anyhow, Saturday, November 4th. One o'clock, I've got a a private screening I'm going to be doing. It's not some new movie that no one has seen. Uh, I wanted to watch one of my favorite movies from when I was a kid, The Burbs. And if you haven't seen it, it's it's just a great movie. I think it is. I know a lot of you do as well because so many of you, when I talk about this, send in quotes on the American Transmission talk and text line from the movie. And if you haven't seen it, I think you'll really enjoy it. If you have, I'm sure you're going to sign up. And if you win, then you will get a pair of tickets. We None of these are for sale. It's just a, a private screening. We've got the theater for that day, and that, again, will be November 4th at 1 p.m. Get signed up today at ksgf.com. Now the latest traffic update. I'm Nick Reed. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. First alert forecast. Sponsored by Navant. Employee benefits that work from Color 10 Fox 49 meteorologist Tom Schmidt. 77 today, 53 tonight. Sunshine 78 tomorrow. It's going to be a warm day for the Maple Leaf Parade in Carthage and Sunday sunny high of 71. Tom Martz. Hey, did you know that Missouri's proposed social-emotional learning Uh, standards 
are being refined to focus on students' behavior after the State Board of Education reviewed over 1,800 public comments on the program. Now, they state that this is just a current draft as a beginning, and the board decided not to vote on passing the standards during its Tuesday meeting. It seems that the uh, Chrissy Bayshore, the Department of Elementary and Secondary Education Coordinator of School Counseling and Student Wellness, said there was a great deal of confusion. Oh, well, of course. If you don't agree with them, it's because you're Around social-emotional learning and what it means. Positive comments were optimistic about potential mental health gains for students, whereas negative comments told state officials that this was way beyond their role. Kids belong to their parents, and parents have the right to educate their kids and the responsibility to see that their kids are well-educated, one comment said. Think about this. We didn't have social-emotional learning right. I, yeah, when I, know, I went to school. I know. So, and yes, I will blame this on some environmental things, but there seems to be an application where... The kids today lack the mental, emotional capacity to deal with life and get on with life versus where we were at in a previous time. Of course, now I'm going to sound like that get-off-my-lawn guy. but It's true. It's the same. It's an emotional stunting. And it is no different than if you take young people and as they grow up, you do not allow them to exert themselves physically in any manner, um, telling yourself that that is helpful to them. You know, that, well, running and exercising, these things, well, they're hard and some kids don't like it. And so if you prevent them from doing that, then physically they will grow up weak and they won't, they'll become used to that. Um, when we shifted to this era where we never wanted kids to grow emotionally, and there's only way to grow emotionally, it's the same way you grow physically, is you you push yourself or you allow yourself to be pushed. And that means, as a young person, dealing with conflict. When you decide as a society or as an entity, the school districts, that we are going to never let kids have to solve conflict issues themselves because... You know, it's harmful to them. You are doing much, much greater harm because they never grow. They never emotionally learn. And so the same uh, culture that has created this problem, as usual, are like, well, we need to come in and fix. We can't, you know, these kids have social and emotional learning issues. Well, yeah, because they have been stunted. The, the, the atmosphere within school districts today, and it's an overall reflection to a large degree in society, has created this problem. I believe you, because in reality, you there 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 was a time when you were basically told to grow up. You know, things happen, move on with your life, and and now and, and you can see this in parents. You know, you've got the the child falls down, and you've got the one parent who takes a standoffish. Don't mean it in that way, but they take a right. standoffish position that I'm not going to go and coddle my child unless all the child's injured. Meanwhile, you've got the other one that runs over to them, picks them, oh, you all right, you all right, hugs, and then the kid starts to cry. So if both the parents would have stayed back, and I was guilty of this when I was was a new parent, my wife is like, just don't say anything. 
And it took me a while to right. figure that out. Don't if if they run and fall, just don't say anything. They'll get up. They'll they'll start running around and do it again. And and here's the this is the one of the keys to understanding much of this. Parents, because it is n- no parent who really cares for their child, doesn't have a difficult time watching them go through hard things. And not just physically, but emotionally. Every parent who loves their child, that is a hurtful. Every and you you parent? want, well, every parent who, who, who cares for their child. Okay. <laughs> I think the in, the instinct, the emotional instinct is to want them not to feel that way. And so you want to take it away. So you want to prevent it from happening. We tell ourselves if we do that, we're doing it for the child. We're not. It's for selfish reasons. It's because we don't want to feel that sadness. That's ultimately why. We feel sad that our child is you know, being picked on or that our child did not get invited to the birthday party that half the other class did. And we, we selfishly want to make that sadness in our hearts go away, so we try to fix the problem. But the problem is in doing that, they, they don't evolve. Young people don't grow emotionally, which is why we have this problem. I still remember being a kid at one point and, you know, lots of kids in the neighborhood and playing. And there, was, there were a couple kids in particular from one family, and they were what would be called the bullies or, or whatever. But we would all still play together. I mean, we're talking elementary school. And at one point, frustratingly, as I, you know, was whining about, and oh, they did this, and finally being told, don't play with them then. Just, you know, it's your choice. And so I had to, if I wanted to still engage in my community as a child, and socialize, I had to figure out how to deal with those people. That is a growing process that we don't allow kids to go through any longer. You listen to almost any comedian that is really successful, and they, or even any, a lot of people, artists, directors as well, they talk about what made them how they are. And so much of it they talk about in their childhood struggles. How, as a child, they had to learn how to do this. For a lot of comedians, it's humor. They used humor. Um, you know, maybe they were made fun of or that's, you know, they were bullied and that was how they got out of it. It was a way to adapt so that you could function, that you could succeed. And all of this effort to protect kids and zero tolerance and so forth has denied them that ability. And that's why we are where we are today. That's not to say that you allow some kid to get jumped by six other kids in the hallway and pummeled to death and go while they're laying there with broken bones. Well, hope you learned something. I mean, clearly there Learn are. How to fight. Right, yeah. <laughs> um, but we have gone to such the extreme. We have rendered young people without emotional immunity in any capacity whatsoever. And that's why we have this emotional sickness that exists today. You know, I've noticed this when, like, you go to these different sporting events, and it was specifically, like, when I was swimming in AAU. Of course, I was an older teenager at that point in time, but I noticed that some of the parents, like, their child has never been beaten. Now all of a sudden they're going to an invitational meet where there's better swimmers. Mm -hmm. And or better runners, and all of a sudden little Johnny gets defeated. Well, it, it's not because little Johnny wasn't good enough. It's because the the other kid either he jumped the start or you know he yeah. cheated or they they did. Parents are just as guilty of embedding this crap yeah. in their kids' heads. 
it's sort of a weird i don't know i don't know how to describe it and as i noted earlier the the instinct of a parent but i do remember at one point the girl child you know she from the age of kindergarten and jim can relate to this he does taekwondo uh she's been in in taekwondo and she's a second degree black belt and she's earned it i mean she's got every week for you know numerous days uh since kindergarten uh, training and she's worked really hard and i remember i mean she was still relatively young and it was during a testing and she just hard got clocked in the i mean hard with a kick by somebody that was much more advanced than her and she you know essentially whenever they were finished with that portion of it said she had to go to the restroom and you know she she gone had gone in there and then went to get away and we could tell it really shook her up but she composed herself and i remember as much as you hate seeing that thinking how good that was for her <laughs> that she took that and she didn't quit she didn't go you know running to anyone that she centered herself and thought okay i got him i can move i can move past this not that i have to but i have the ability to do this and you know that's like a core memory for me as a parent recognizing what benefits she was going to get from that and it doesn't mean it's fun to watch your kid get you know to be in that situation but when you understand that it's for them it's good for them it helps them you know i think that's a huge part of parenting is oftentimes doing things that aren't easy and we want it all to be easy and i i just think we've and i do i connected to school shootings i connected to this you know this take the easiest approach possible whether it is throwing drugs at them or now you know well sex change operation that'll solve all your problems and we're just, the kids are the ones who suffer see our our youngest went to taekwondo and he at, at that point in time i think it was a yellow belt is when you could go into sparring or some right? some yeah, level there, and it may vary from. But. So we went down to an, an, an invitational tournament down in Arkansas, where a bunch of uh, cl- a bunch of schools were invited, and Jesse was part of the the demo team. Mm-hmm. Now their demo team was fabulous. Jesse's a perfectionist, so okay, the so form had to be yeah, perfect. Yeah. But when it came to sparring, he was a little mm-hmm. bit apprehensive, and he did. He got clocked. Yeah at this event well his buddy who was the same belt level as him ended up going up against that same kid and this this buddy was more of a uh not a bully but he didn't take crap from anybody type attitude and when he and that other kid ended up going in the sparring match that other kid just he he feared put fear in him simply mm-hmm. by the his mannerisms right. of what it was doing prior to the sparring match occurring and to to watch that occur you don't have to be the biggest baddest person on the block no you can make it appear that you're the biggest baddest mm-hmm. person on the block and most people will yeah. walk around you well and I'll tell you this as we go into traffic <clears throat> that day and again she was I don't know, maybe fourth, fifth grade, somewhere around there. And just because of the avail- availability of others for her to spar with in the testing, you know, she was, uh, again, up again. He was, I think, black. I mean, he was higher level belt, much higher than her, twice her size. And he just lost. He didn't lose control, but, you know, sometimes your own strength, sometimes you, you, managing it and so forth. And that instance in which that occurred with her, 
I, I filmed it, and I must admit, I watched that thing over and over and over again with a great deal of pride afterwards. <laughs> like, that was so awesome, <laughs> the way she took that kick to the face. Tom Hart's with us. Springfield's Talk 1041. i I'm Nick Reed. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. Springfield's Talk 1041. I'm Nick Reed. Welcome to the show. Hey, everyone. Tom Martz. Hey, last week we started talking about a scenario that I was paying attention to because it was forwarded to me. Yes. On a, a on a kid who ended up busting up, being busted up by a wall in a school in a sporting event that they were playing for physical education. I have since showed you the video. Yes. Which is pretty graphic. Yes. So b- basically what they're well, doing it, is... I think it's more graphic if you know what the outcome was. Yeah, true. Because, because otherwise, I showed you the pictures of what it looks like. Yeah, it was a student like injured while at school during physical activity. And and I think that if a person did not see the results, they'd be like, oh, uh. But seeing the results, it does have more of an impact looking at the actual event itself. But they're playing a game called mat ball. And based on what I can find, mat ball is supposed to be set up similar to like baseball. you got first base, second Mm -hmm. base, third base, home. So they're rolling the ball, you're kicking it, so you're running to first, you're running to second, running to third, running home. In each successive at bat or at kick. Right. But it appears in this game they're running from the short wall to the short wall in the gymnasium. Mm Mm-hmm. So first and third is the same base in the middle of the floor. Okay. And then second is the wall, and home is the wall. And for those who, for those of the, of those who didn't see the video, what appears to happen is is the the kid who ended up getting busted up either tripped or he tried to slow down on the gym floor. You know how occasionally your sneaker. Right. And yep. then he fell forward and basically slid and slammed into the wall. And out of that, he got a concussion, <laughs> a yeah, broken I mean, nose. Yeah, I mean, it was... Uh, it, it's, it, it's pretty graphic looking. Now, would this occur... Now, the, what I did find interesting is the video cuts off right after mm. he slams into the wall. Now, the wall is only protected by like a one-inch padded yeah, mat. I, I think what most people would imagine seeing hanging on a gym wall. Right. So, the the implication here, I think, is that, well, the school's at fault. Well, and why I find it rather odd about why it is that they cut off right where they cut off is, is right after the impact, they basically said, you can't have any more of this video. And I, I'm... Uh, I'm whose day is this? The day? school. Okay, got it. What I'm going to assume is... That the teacher's not quick to respond. Okay, so... Because supposedly okay. the teacher was either sitting in the corner of the gym or he wasn't in the gym at all. Or he so goes if, over and kicks him. Get up! So, it, so if you allow the video to continue okay. playing out, then it allows you to start clicking away. Well, how long does it take for the teacher to respond of course they to could, the scene of the accident? Of course, they could be using really old-school, crappy email that only allows file sizes that wouldn't accommodate larger video. Well, actually, the rest of this video has been requested. 
Okay. And the school has shut them down. Uh, yeah, that doesn't look good. So it's that, that it's one of those things that you go, why are you shutting it right. down? You know, at first trying to get this video was a nightmare. Yeah. For the people because they said, well, it's for privacy concerns. <laughs> well, you can put that little thing over somebody's face, yeah. but any hacker can get into those yeah, cameras. I, yeah. Uh, you know, not. Making judgment on this particular case, I will say that we have shifted over time to a society where we don't instinctually accept that sometimes things happen and no one is really at fault. People, whenever something happens that results in some sort of negative scenario, an injury, for example, there is this instinct that, well, somebody has to pay. Somebody has to. And so then you look to assign blame. And sometimes no one really is to blame. Sometimes things just, circumstances occur. If, if And you could say, well, if this had been done differently or that had been done differently, yes, but that doesn't mean that that expectation is reasonable. If, if I'm driving to work and a kid out of nowhere runs out to, get their ball in front of my car and I hit that kid and you know and and cause injury could I have avoided that well I could have avoided that if I left for work five minutes earlier or later or if I had gone a different way but was it reasonable to expect me to do that knowing that I could well of course not now that's an extreme example but point being is you know sometimes there, the the expectation that someone should have known that that sort of thing was going to happen and not taking steps to prevent it was negligence. I, I don't think that that's always the I know it's not always the case, but we tend to want it to always be the case because we want somebody to pay. See, I, I think I'm at, I have the advantage because I'm looking at this from the outside looking in. Well, sure, yeah. I'm not Absolutely. the parent. It's so, and I understand. And it makes it hard yeah. as the parent uh, yep, to yep, go, yep. okay, well, let me... Let me think this through analytically. Right, yeah. What could have been done to prevent what well, occurred? And on the other side, the school too. Who, you know, of course, you've got just a lot of legal implications there as well. And uh, you know, on one hand, when you're involved, oftentimes there is the benefit of additional insight, but that can also be a detriment, right? Because there is the loss of objectivity. Tom Arts, always thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Have a good day. All right, you too. Springfield's Talk 1041. I'm Nick Reed. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. Springfield's Talk 1041. I am Nick Reed. Uh, the new Woodvale subdivision. All our building company, uh, builder incentives. We're talking about really a, a nice development. I happened to be over in that area just last week, or maybe it was earlier this week. I think it was Monday I drove by there and got a nice Aller sign out front. Um, I, I, I recommend that you find them on social media and get more information about it. But there are bu- builder incentives. So if you are somebody that is needing a new home, but you you want a new home, you're, you've gotten to the point in life, you don't want to hassle with the remodeling, you, you just want it brand new. Uh, but with that does come the need, of course, to pick out the character of the house through color schemes and countertops and so forth. And Aller Building Company has a showroom floor where you can do that all in one place. So it's as easy as possible with quality products all across the board. Um, and that subdivision that they have there uh, with those builder incentives, it may just be the key for you. So I definitely recommend that you 
Um, if you are one of those individuals, check them out on social media. Aller is spelled O-L-L-E-R. You can also find them under Nick's endorsements at ksgf.com. Uh, we do have coming up in just a couple of hours, 10 o'clock, Local for Less Ozarks, a $50 gift certificate to Suntan City for only $25. Maybe those of you who are going to go on our great escape, you will take advantage of that. Get yourself all tanned up and ready for our April great escape, which you can also get signed up for at ksgf.com. And don't forget, if you have the app, you'll get a reminder about the Godfather's special for KSGF listeners, and that will come this afternoon. So a lot for you in the app, a lot for you on the website, and a lot ahead with news and 60 seconds. I'm Nick Reed.